Chapter Fifteen of La Barre by Jory Karl Heismans, translated by Keen Wallace. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The memory of these frightful magisteria kept racing through his head next day, and while smoking cigarettes beside the fire, Durtal thought of Docre and Joannes fighting across Gervinger's back, smiting and parrying with incantations and exorcisms in the christian symbolism he said to himself the fish is one of the representations of christ doubtless the canon thinks to aggravate his sacrileges by feeding fishes on genuine hosts his is the reverse of the system of the medieval witches who chose a vile beast dedicated to the devil to submit the body of the saviour to the processes of digestion how real is the pretended power which the deicide chemists are alleged to wield what faith can we put in the tales of evoked larvae killing a designated person to order with corrosive oil and blood virus none unless one is extremely credulous and even a bit mad and yet come to think of it we find today unexplained and surviving under other names the mysteries which were so long reckoned the product of medieval imagination and superstition at the charity hospital dr louis transfers maladies from one hypnotized person to another wherein is that less miraculous than evocation of demons than spells cast by magicians or pastors a lava a flying spirit is not indeed more extraordinary than a microbe coming from afar and poisoning one without one's knowledge and the atmosphere can certainly convey spirits as well as bacilli certainly the ether carries untransformed emanations effluences electricity for instance or the fluids of a magnet which sends to a distant subject in order to traverse all paris to rejoin it science has no call to contest these phenomena on the other hand dr brown secart rejuvenates infirm old men and revitalizes the impotent with distillations from the parts of rabbits and cavies were not the elixirs of life and the love filters which the witches sold to the senile and impotent composed of similar or analogous substances human semen entered almost always in the middle ages into the compounding of these mixtures now hasn't dr brown secau after repeated experiments recently demonstrated the virtues of semen taken from one man and instilled into another finally the apparitions doppelgänger bilocations to speak thus of the spirits that terrified antiquity have not ceased to manifest themselves it would be difficult to prove that the experiments carried on for three years by dr crookes in the presence of witnesses were cheats if he has been able to photograph visible and tangible spectres we must recognize the veracity of the medieval thaumaturges incredible of course and wasn't hypnotism possession of one soul by another which could dedicate it to crime incredible only ten years ago we are groping in shadow that is sure but de hermie hit the bull's-eye when he remarked it is less important to know whether the modern pharmaceutic sacrileges are potent than to study the motives of the satanists and fallen priests who prepare them ah if there were some way of getting acquainted with canon docre of insinuating oneself into his confidence perhaps one would attain clear insight into these questions i learned long ago that there are no people interesting to know except saints scoundrels and cranks they are the only persons whose conversation amounts to anything persons of good sense are necessarily dull because they revolve over and over again the tedious topics of everyday life they are the crowd more or less intelligent but they are the crowd and they give me a pain yes but who will put me in touch with this monstrous priest and as he poked the fire durtal said to himself chantelouve if he would but he won't 
there remains his wife who used to be well acquainted with Dogre. i must interrogate her and find out whether she still corresponds with him and sees him the entrance of madame chantelouve into his reflections saddened him he took out his watch and murmured what a bore she will come again and again i shall have to if only there were any possibility of convincing her of the futility of the carnal somersaults in any case she can't be very well pleased because to her frantic letter soliciting a meeting i responded three days later by a brief dry note inviting her to come here this evening it certainly was lacking in lyricism too much so perhaps he rose and went into his bedroom to make sure that the fire was burning brightly then he returned and sat down without even arranging his room as he had the other times now that he no longer cared for this woman gallantry and self-consciousness had fled he awaited her without impatience his slippers on his feet to tell the truth i have had nothing pleasant from hyacinthe except that kiss we exchanged when her husband was only a few feet away i certainly shall not again find her lips aflame and fragrant here her kiss is insipid madame chantelouve rang earlier than usual well she said sitting down you wrote me a nice letter how's that confess frankly that you are through with me he denied this but she shook her head well he said what have you to reproach me with having written you only a short note but there was someone here i was busy and i didn't have time to assemble pretty speeches not having set a date sooner i told you our relation necessitates precautions and we can't see each other very often i think i gave you clearly to understand my motives i am so stupid that i probably did not understand them you spoke to me of family reasons i believe yes rather vague well i couldn't go into detail and tell you that he stopped asking himself whether the time had come to break decisively with her but he remembered that he wanted her aid in getting information about docre that what tell me he shook his head hesitating not to tell her a lie but to insult and humiliate her well he went on since you force me to do it i will confess at whatever cost that i have had a mistress for several years i add that our relations are now purely amical very well she interrupted your family reasons are sufficient and then he pursued in a lower tone if you wish to know all well i have a child by her a child oh you poor dear she rose then there is nothing for me to do but withdraw but he seized her hands and at the same time satisfied with the success of his deception and ashamed of his brutality he begged her to stay a while she refused then he drew her to him kissed her hair and cajoled her her troubled eyes looked deep into his ah oh, then she said no let me undress not for the world yes oh the scene of the other night beginning all over again he murmured sinking overwhelmed into a chair he felt borne down burdened by an unspeakable weariness he undressed beside the fire and warmed himself while waiting for her to get to bed when they were in bed she enveloped him with her supple cold limbs now is it true that i am to come here no more he did not answer but understood that she had no intention of going away and that he had to do with a person of the staying kind tell me he buried his head in her breast to keep from having to answer tell me in my lips he beset her furiously to make her keep silent then he lay disabused weary 
happy that it was over when they lay down again she put her arm about his neck and ran her tongue around in his mouth like an auger but he paid little heed to caresses and remained feeble and pathetic then she bent over reached him and he groaned ah she exclaimed suddenly rising at last i have heard you cry he lay broken in body and spirit incapable of thinking two thoughts in sequence his brain seemed to whir undone in his skull he collected himself however rose and went into the other room to dress and let her do the same through the drawn portiere separating the two rooms he saw a little pinhole of light which came from the wax candle placed on the mantel opposite the curtain hyacinthe going back and forth would momentarily intercept this light then it would flash out again ah she said my poor darling you have a child the shot struck home said he to himself and aloud yes a little girl how old she will soon be six and he described her as flaxen-haired lively but in very frail health requiring multiple precautions and constant care you must have very sad evenings said madame chantelouve in a voice of emotion from behind the curtain oh yes if i were to die to-morrow what would become of those two unfortunates his imagination took wing he began himself to believe the mother and her his voice trembled tears very nearly came to his eyes he is unhappy my darling is she said raising the curtain and returning clothed into the room and that is why he looks so sad even when he smiles he looked at her surely at that moment her affection was not feigned she really clung to him why oh why had she had to have those rages of lust if it had not been for those they could probably have been good comrades sin moderately together and love each other better than if they wallowed in the sty of the senses but no such a relation was impossible with her he concluded seeing those sulphurous eyes that ravenous despoiling mouth she had sat down in front of his writing-table and was playing with a penholder were you working when i came in where are you in your history of gilles de ray i am getting along but i am hampered to make a good study of the satanism of the middle ages one ought to get really into the environment or at least fabricate a similar environment by becoming acquainted with the practitioners of satanism all about us for the psychology is the same though the operations differ and looking her straight in the eye thinking the story of the child had softened her he hazarded all on a cast ah if your husband would give me the information he has about canon d'ocre she stood motionless but her eyes clouded over she did not answer true he said chantelouve suspecting our liaison she interrupted him my husband has no concern with the relations which may exist between you and me he evidently suffers when i go out as to-night for he knows where i am going but i admit no right of control either on his part or mine he is free and i am free to go wherever we please i must keep house for him watch out for his interests take care of him love him like a devoted companion and that i do with all my heart as to being responsible for my acts they're none of his business no more his than anybody else's she spoke in a crisp incisive tone the devil said durtal you certainly reduce the importance of the role of husband i know that my ideas are not the ideas of the world i live in and they appear not to be yours in my first marriage they were a source of trouble and disaster but i have an iron will and i bend the people who love me in addition i despise deceit 
so when a few years after marriage i became smitten on a man i quite frankly told my husband and confessed my fault dare i ask you in what spirit he received this confidence he was so grieved that in one night his hair turned white he could not bear what he called wrongly i think my treason and he killed himself ah said durtal dumbfounded by the placid and resolute air of this woman but suppose he had strangled you first she shrugged her shoulders and picked a cat hair off her skirt the result he resumed after a silence being that you are now almost free that your second husband tolerates let us not discuss my second husband he is an excellent man who deserves a better wife i have absolutely no reason to speak of chanteloube otherwise than with praise and then oh let's talk of something else for i have had sufficient botheration on this subject from my confessor who interdicts me from the holy table he contemplated her and saw yet another hyacinthe a hard pertinacious woman whom he had not known not a sign nor an accent of emotion nothing while she was describing the suicide of her first husband she did not even seem to imagine that she had a crime on her conscience she remained pitiless and yet a moment ago when she was commiserating him because of his fictitious parenthood he had thought she was trembling after all perhaps she is acting a part like myself he remained awed by the turn the conversation had taken he sought mentally a way of getting back to the subject from which hyacinthe had diverted him of the satanism of canon d'ocre well let us think of that no more she said coming very near she smiled and was once more the hyacinthe he knew but if on my account you can no longer take communion she interrupted him would you be sorry if i did not love you and she kissed his eyes he squeezed her politely in his arms but he felt her trembling and from motives of prudence he got away is he so inexorable your confessor he is an incorruptible man of the old school i chose him expressly if i were a woman it seems to me i should take on the contrary a confessor who was pliable and caressable and who would not violently pillory my dainty little sins i would have him indulgent oiling the hinges of confession enticing forth with beguiling gestures the misdeeds that hung back it is true there would be risk of seducing a confessor who would perhaps be defenceless and that would be incest because the priest is a spiritual father and it would also be sacrilege because the priest is consecrated oh speaking to herself i was mad mad suddenly carried away he observed her sparks glinted in the myopic eyes of this extraordinary woman evidently he had just stumbled unwittingly onto a guilty secret of hers well and he smiled do you still commit infidelities to me with a false me i do not understand do you receive at night the visit of the incubus which resembles me no since i have been able to possess you in the flesh i have no need to evoke your image what a downright satanist you are maybe i have been so constantly associated with priests you're a great one he said bowing now listen to me and do me a great favor you know canon d'ocre i should say well what in the world is this man about whom i hear so much from whom gévinger and des hermies ah you consult the astrologer yes he met the canon in my own house 
but i didn't know that docre was acquainted with des hermies who didn't attend our receptions in those days des hermies has never seen docre he knows him as i do only by hearsay from gévinger now briefly how much truth is there in the stories of the sacrileges of which this priest is accused i don't know docre is a gentleman learned and well-bred he was even the confessor of royalty and he would certainly have become a bishop if he had not quitted the priesthood i have heard a great deal of evil spoken about him but especially in the clerical world people are so fond of saying all sorts of things but you knew him personally yes i even had him for a confessor then it isn't possible that you don't know what to make of him very possible indeed presumable look here you have been beating around the bush a long time exactly what do you want to know everything you care to tell me is he young or old handsome or ugly rich or poor he is forty years old very fastidious of his person and he spends a lot of money do you believe that he indulges in sorcery that he celebrates the black mass it is quite possible pardon me for dunning you for extorting information from you as if with forceps suppose i were to ask you a really personal question this faculty of incubacy why certainly i got it from him i hope you are satisfied yes and no thanks for your kindness in telling me i know i am abusing your good nature but one more question do you know of any way whereby i may see canon docre in person he is at nîmes pardon me for the moment he is in paris ah you know that well if i knew of a way i would not tell you be sure it would not be good for you to get to seeing too much of this priest you admit then that he is dangerous i do not admit nor deny i tell you simply that you have nothing to do with him yes i have i want to get material for my book from him get it from somebody else besides she said putting on her hat in front of the glass my husband got a bad scare and broke with that man and refuses to receive him that is no reason why what do you mean oh nothing he repressed the remark why you should not see him she did not insist she was poking her hair under her veil heavens what a fright i look he took her hands and kissed them when shall i see you again i thought i wasn't to come here any more oh now you know i love you as a good friend tell me when will you come again tomorrow night unless it is inconvenient for you not at all then au revoir their lips met and above all don't think about canon docre she said turning and shaking her finger at him threateningly as she went out devil take you and your reticence he said to himself closing the door after her End of chapter 15